Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Welcome into another Orange Fizz cast. Jaron May here, and now I have a special guest, a Syracuse.com beat reporter for the Syracuse men's basketball team, but he also covers just all Syracuse sports in general, Mike Waters. Mike, thanks so much for taking your time. Uh, no problem, Jaron. It's good to talk to you today. Mike, uh, let's let's get down to brass tacks. We're going to be talking about our SU Top 100 list, and we're going to be talking about the men's basketball program on the list. Um, and before we get into that, you obviously are an expert on this team. How long have you been covering the Syracuse men's basketball team? Uh, let, mm, uh, <laughs> over 30 years now. <laughs> there you go. All right, so yeah, obviously... Okay, so obviously we have the right guy to break down our SU Top 100 list. For all of our listeners, if you want to go check that out, our website is orangefizz.net. All of our audio content is on our SoundCloud page, and of course, follow us at orangefizz on Twitter. Uh, But we have our SU Top 100 list out, and Mike, bear with me. I'm going to read through the men's basketball players. There are 30 on this list, so 30 out of 100 all men's basketball, Louis Orr at 98, Wesley Johnson at 89, Malachi Richardson at 81, Tyus Battle 75, Jim Beheim at 74, and again, this is only players, so we're not talking about ba- uh, head coach Jim Beheim, but we're talking about player Jim Beheim. Michael Carter-Williams, 70, Andy Rowden, 68, Tyler Ennis, 66, Dion Waiters, 57, Eric Devendorf, uh, 56, Bill Smith, 55, Eton Thomas, 52, Brandon Trish, 51, Adrian Autry, 47, we're almost there, uh, Jason Hart at 44, CJ Fair, 43, Roosevelt Bowie, 41, Johnny Flynn at 40, Hakeem Warwick at 37, Billy Owens at 36, Ronnie Cycli at 34, Michael Benajay at 33, John Wallace at 27, Lawrence Moden at 22, Jerry McNamara at 19, Sherman Douglas 15, Derek Coleman 13, Pearl Washington 11, and the final two, the big two, Dave Bing at 6, and then Carmelo Anthony at number 3. So, wow, I got to catch my breath after that, and I'll let you take the floor. Uh, what are your overall thoughts with this grouping of 30 to be able to represent Syracuse men's basketball on our SU Top 100 list? Well, I think, first of all, it, it shows you just, you know, the rich tradition and history and excellence of the program that, you know, you can get 30 guys on a list of 100 athletes mm-hmm. and, um, I'm going to hit you with a few later on that you left off, but okay. you know, the, the fact that you can leave off some guys and still have this many, it's pretty amazing. I congratulate you too for, um, for not giving into too much recency bias. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to ask you a question about that. Yeah, I know you, you got Carmelo number one and really Carmelo, it always comes down to Carmelo and Dave Bing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it might come down to, you know, like, you know, what generation you're with, but, I always will defer to Carmelo winning a national title. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the, the one thing that might lift him over the legendary Dave Bing. Mm-hmm. But, and then after that, you know, having Pearl, Derek, Sherman, you know, even, 
Lawrence Moulton in there, you know, Billy Owens and Ronnie Cycli up high. Mm -hmm. Um, That was, you know, yeah. So, but, uh, you know, I'll quibble with you on a few. (laughs) Okay. I'll All right. I, I like I like quibble. I like quibble. Um, let's talk about since you already brought it up. Um, some of the recency bias. So when I look at it, and basically, let me explain it for you and all of our listeners. When we made this SU top 100, all of the Orange Fizz staff writers filled out their own top 100. Then we averaged all of the rankings together, and that's how we got all of our our, our final rankings. So I had some people a little higher, some people a little lower on the list. And then we all came together and this is what it came out to. So when it when it comes to recency bias, I see a lot of the names like Malachi Richardson or Michael Carter Williams or Tyler Ennis, Dion Waiters, Brandon Trish, CJ Fair, Michael Benege. All of those guys played more recently. Tyus Battle, I missed him as well. Um, do you yeah. think that those guys are are kind of getting the bump because they played more recently and people just know those names? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. If you do have recent bias in the list, you, you have it between 50 and 100. Okay. Um, and it te- that tells me that guys like Billy Owens, Ronnie Cycli, John Wallace, Lawrence Moten, Derek Holman, those guys who are in 50 and above, their careers, that they are so entrenched in SU basketball fans' memories that there's no budging them. Mm. But when you go to 50 to 100 – then it is, you know, easier to have someone want to pick a Michael Carter Williams or an Andy Routens or an Eric Devendorf over guys like Billy Gaber, Rudy Hackett, Jim Lee. Um, you know, even a more a more recent guy like a Stevie Thompson or a Raphael Addison. Mm-hmm. You know, the those are guys I probably would have definitely had in my list. Um, that that didn't make your all's top 100. Okay. All right, so Mike Waters of Syracuse.com joining us here on our FizzCast, breaking down our SU Top 100 list and all the men's basketball players on that list. Um, Mike, let's talk about, and this is the first guy on our list when it comes to men's basketball, Louis Orr at 98, and he was part of the Louis and Bowie show, um, Louis Orr at 98, and then his his counterpart, Roosevelt Bowie, at 41. Do you think those are good rankings or accurate rankings for both of them? And do you think that there really should be, what is that, a 57, if I do my math correctly on the spot, a 57 uh, spot difference between those two players? I tell you what, that's a big gap between two guys who were so um, right. linked throughout their careers. Um, but but I get it. I, I think you know Roosevelt Bowie was um, a generational player as a center in his day. Um, six eleven, seven feet tall, incredibly athletic. Um, you know the type of center that was just coming on the scene back in the in the late seventies. Um, you know, and and Lewis, as good as he was, he didn't have the impact that Roosevelt did right off the bat. Okay. Uh, so no, uh, I'm, I was glad to see Lewis's name sneak in there, and uh, and I think you got Roosevelt, you got Roosevelt high enough. Maybe I would have bumped him up a notch or two, uh, but not enough to, you know, get all upset about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Okay. All right. Um, so then there, when we go down the list, and we're not going to go through all 30 of these players, but there is one other player, or there's a couple that I want to bring up specifically. And this guy comes in at 74, and it's Jim Beheim. So obviously, you know the name. Everyone <laughs> knows the name. And we're talking about uh, the actual players and the athletes while they were students at Syracuse. So Jim Beheim, uh, we know he was a walk-on, and then he worked his way up to be able to, I think he averaged 14 points per game his senior season or something around that. Um, I think why he's on this list, and let me give you a little background. I'm not sure if you know Tyler Rocky, who's our associate editor. He graduated from Syracuse a few years ago, uh, but he put yes. he put Jim Beheim number one on this list because he basically, and actually before I explain, let me just get your initial thoughts. Do you think Jim Beheim deserves to be number one overall? If this is as a play, if we're judging these guys on their playing right. careers only. <laughs> right, yes. Jim doesn't belong in the top 100. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We are. Well, and we're not talking just basketball players. Your top 100 is all SU athletes. Correct. Everyone. Jim Beheim would make the top 100 of all time basketball player. Obviously, I think Tyler didn't go by, you know. <laughs> the rules here if he put jim number one he's obviously doing it as a what he became yeah. later as yeah. a coach and a guy who shaped and built this program yeah um and brought in everybody else behind him there's no other logic behind num jim at number one and obviously putting jim at number one if you're averaging everybody else the fact that Jim ends up at number 74 tells me that you and everybody else who voted didn't have him in there. Exactly. Okay. So that's, okay. that's, that's the point I wanted to get to. So that's why I think he's ultimately on this list because Tyler just skewed the results enough to be able to get him to sneak him in to 74. But Tyler basically said that Jim, that Syracuse is only on a map and people know the city of Syracuse because Jim Beheim and what he did for the program. Now, I think like you kind of, that's not his plan career exactly that's not his playing career exactly you know? okay so right you know so i, I think we're Listen, both on the same jim, even jim himself might argue that he does belong on the list but he's not going to say he <laughs> should be higher than dave bing right <laughs> right. <laughs> right or honestly a lot basically all of these players that would put way above jim Beheim. but either way jim Beheim comes in at 74 another guy that i want to talk about is a ton thomas he comes in at 52 um, I think hands down the best defensive big man in program history, definitely the best shot blocker. Do you think 52 is a uh, accurate representation of his playing days or should he be any higher or lower? He was one of two guys that were on your list that I thought should be much higher than okay. where they were. And, uh, the all time leader in block shots and not by a couple. Uh, by nearly a hundred blocks mm -hmm. over the course of his career, over the next guy with with the most blocks in SU history, uh, um, you know he came in in an incredible class that also included James Hart and, and a couple other guys. Ended up, you know, Ryan Blackwell transferred in and was sort of part of that class, uh, and played on a team that's often overlooked. The, the 2000 team when Atan was a senior was this close to beating Michigan state, which wound up winning the national title. And instead, you know, they lost a really tough one in the sweet 16. You know, if they're able to hold on to a double digit lead and remember, and they, this game is against Michigan state is played in Auburn Hills. I mean, everybody in the arena is wearing green. 
so it's a road game in the Sweet 16. That Sweet 16 team was – they were really, really good. And, you know, if they win that game and go on to one more round, people probably think of them and Aton and Jason Hart a lot differently. So mm-hmm. I would have bumped Aton up, you know, closer to where Roosevelt, Bowie, Johnny Flynn, and Hakeem Warwick on, somewhere in the high 30s to 40 uh, on, your, on your overall list. And the other guy that I thought was – uh, tragically underrated on your list is Wes Johnson. Okay. Uh, at, num- at number 89, and he's the second basketball player to enter the top 100 after Louis Orr. Uh, you know, I, I just look at the impact he had in his one and only year. Uh, Big East Player of the Year, uh, All Amer- first team All American, a top five draft pick. Uh, not that that really matters here because uh, we're judging them on their playing career, but. Um, you know, led a team that was un- unranked before the season started because nobody really knew what they had because they didn't know what Wes Johnson was going to be. And they wound up, you know, rising to number one in the, in the polls uh, by near the end of the season. And if not, if, they, if Lorenzo Onowaku doesn't go down in the Big East tournament, that team's in the Final Four and maybe a national championship. Uh, I would have had Wes in the top 50. Okay. Um, that, you know, but... Aside from those two, I don't think there's any egregious two highs or two lows. All right. Well, at least we did a somewhat good job then. Um, You bring up a conversation that I've had quite a few times when we've been evaluating our SU Top 100 list. And do you put more weight on, if you were to to make this list yourself, um, do you put more weight on one great, or rather, which one would you rather, like, put higher? one great season kind of like what Wesley Johnson did and you can say what Tyler Ennis did as well if you want to uh, pull another guy or would you say a sustained career kind of like a Brandon Trish well I had when I was going through your list and I was like making a few adjustments I had Wes ahead of Brandon it's funny that you mentioned those two I I had Wes all the way up above them Um, but I you know, it kind of depends on two on the era hmm. because, you know, some guys, you know, are going to have a chance for a, for a big career. But did they start out big, you know, um, you know, or were they a four year guy who finally made it as a senior? Um, you know, so I, I look at like the four year guys, if you go back in the era that had an impact from beginning to end, uh, you know, a guy like a Rudy Hackett who obviously doesn't play as a freshman because freshmen aren't eligible back then, but he leads the team in rebounding three straight years. And he was a, a good scorer all three years. The only reason he didn't lead it in scoring as a sophomore or junior is because a guy like Dennis Duvall, who's another guy you left off your list, and we can talk about Double D anytime you want. <laughs> um, but, you know, Rudy, you know, did well. I, I think he finished with, like close to 1,500, 1,400 points in a three-year career. And as a senior, though, if you want to take him, you know, the one impactful year, you know, Rudy as a senior averages 22.2 points and 12-something rebounds a game and leads Syracuse to its first ever Final Four. Mm. So, you know, I'm giving you know a guy like Rudy credit for a career, a credit for a singular senior season, and also credit – on a team basis for having made a final four. Right. Um, you know, going back to Rudy's numbers, you know, nobody has had more rebounds per game for him uh, than him since he left. 
his senior year numbers, John Wallace, Derek Coleman, all those great rebounders in SU history, none of them matched Rudy's numbers. And only one guy has scored more than Rudy's 22.2 points per game since he left, and that's Billy Owens. Hmm. Okay. And, you know, and Billy's junior year was incredible. But uh, I don't know. I think it almost might boil down to like almost like a case-by-case basis. Gotcha. Um, you know, when you're trying to split hairs between a couple guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think that term that you just used is kind of what all of this is. It's splitting hairs. Because when you look at all of these players, they're all fantastic. And you look at, all right, this guy averaged 22 points. This one averaged 20 points, but he had an extra assist per game. And it's just so difficult yeah. to be able to do all of this. Um, and when I look at two of these men's basketball players that are ranked right next to each other, and I had this conversation with one of our other Orange Fizz staff writer, writers that you can find on our SoundCloud at Orange Fizz for all of our listeners. Um, two guys that are ranked right next to each other. Hakeem Warwick at 37, Billy Owens at 36. Two really good players, two very different players in their play style. However, Hakeem Warwick falls right below Billy Owens, even though he has that national championship. He has the the biggest, you, I was going to say arguably, but no, it's not arguably, the biggest play <laughs> in that game. Um, so in your opinion, and I was arguing that Hakeem should be in front of Billy. Uh, my counterpart was arguing that Billy deserves to be in front of Hakeem. Mike, what would you say if you had to put those two, if you just had to pick one of them, who would go higher um, in between Hakeem Warwick and Billy Owens? I'm okay with Billy ahead of Hakeem. Okay. I am. Um, to see him play back in the day um, at Syracuse, he was just a remarkable player. Mm. Um, you know, he was going to be the, you know, the point forward type of guy. Um, the, the impact he had on the program when the program already had guys like Sherman and Billy and I mean, uh, Sherman and Derek and Stevie Thompson. Um, but you know, Billy comes in, you know, Billy as a sophomore on a team that had Stevie Thompson and Derek Coleman, Billy leads him in scoring. Right. And, and then when they lose Derek and Stevie after that year, those guys, those two guys graduate and you know, everybody in town's like, Oh my God, how are they ever going to replace two, you know, those two guys. You know, this team's, you know, got, you know, who are they going to look to besides Billy Owens? Well, turns out they didn't have to look to anybody else, really, because Billy carried that team. And, um, you know, his his numbers that year, I think it was like 23 points and double-digit rebounds and handled the ball all the time. And, um, you know, of course, they, they lost in the first round to, to Richmond that year. And I think that's why a lot of people, you know, kind of, you know, look at Billy and maybe don't give him the credit that, that he really deserves. Cause the, the, the one thing they didn't do that year was, was make a nice run through March. But um, I just, you know, I just had a feeling like watching Billy was, was uh, he was so much more of a complete basketball player uh, than, than Hakeem. Okay. And, and Hakeem for all of Hakeem's talents, you know, the dunks, uh, the everything. And, um, you know, Billy could do it from everywhere on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was really quite the player. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, in mentioning and talking about Billy, we mentioned another guy there a couple times, Stevie Thompson. I mean, he's number seven on the school's all-time career scoring list. Right. And, and, and I don't see his name on here. Right. Do I? Nope. Nope, he's not on it. It seems like you've, you've brought up quite a few uh, names that – 
throughout this FizzCast um, that you think deserve to be on the list. Let's actually just, because you've mentioned them here and there, uh, let me give you the floor. A couple different names, however many you want to give. Who do you think that the Orange Fizz, we as a staff, have missed to be able to put on our SU Top 100 list? Um, well, we could talk in, in a conference room. We, we could talk about Raphael Addison. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd want to talk about Billy Gaber. Um, you know, we haven't mentioned Dick Hansen, and man, that's going back a hundred years. And I don't know how you handle a guy like that when you're talking about all these modern players. So I sort of understand why Vic's not even being included here, but he is in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, you know, kind of hard to leave that guy off mm-hmm. in a way. Um, so, yeah, having mentioned all the three guys I would stump for would be Rudy Hackett, Dennis Duvall, and Stevie Thompson. Okay. I wouldn't let you guys leave the room until I got him in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, okay, so three big names that we missed there. If you had to, and let's just talk about those three. So if you were to put those three on the list and say we only had a quota of, of 30 men's basketball players on this list, if you had to choose three men's basketball players to take off to be able to put those three on, who do you think those the three that get the boot are? Well, you gave me the easy one earlier, but, you know, with Jim Beheim making the list. <laughs> okay, and, there you go. That's one. <laughs> with the caveat that this is playing career only. Right. Um, I think I would take Malachi off. Okay. Because he plays just the one year, and really the leaders of that team were Benajay and Trevor Cooney. Um, and I know Malachi had the remarkable game against Virginia, but it's one game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just can't quite do that. And then, you know, another guy I was thinking I might take off cause I really just didn't know about his individual impact. Dion waiters. Oh, you know, I know he, yeah, you know, he never starts a game, right. never leads the team in scoring, right. never has, you know, he didn't even have the game like a, like a Malachi had. Right. Um, I definitely would have Rudy Hack and Stevie Thompson and Dennis Dunfall ahead of him. Yeah, I, I, and I, I, I've talked about this before. I think that Dion kind of got, well, is number one on the list and also is at 57 on our SU Top 100 because I think instead of a recency bias, he's getting an NBA bias. And technically, yeah, um, this list is only SU players, what you did on the Hill. There are probably some of our Orange Fizz staff writers that thought, well, I think professional careers also matter in what you do after SU. So if there are any of those people that have that mindset, then of course you'd put Dion on the list and you'd, you'd bump him up because he's having a not a not a fantastic career, but he's still having a pretty solid career in the NBA. Um, so I think yeah. having that is kind of bumped him up our list. Yeah, but that wasn't part of the rules. The NBA exactly. was not supposed to be included. Right. So, you know, I go, you know, I remember, you know, Dion is a freshman, uh, you know, came off the bench, was like a sixth, seventh man, but really, I think he only averaged like seven points a game. And then his next year, he was a much bigger role, but still didn't start. You know, you had, you know, Brandon and Scoop ahead of him in the starting lineup. Now, I think Dion 
scored a lot more that year. I think, but I think it was still like only 12 a game, 13 mm-hmm. a game maybe. Mm-hmm. But Chris Joseph was that team's leading scorer in 2012. Right. Um, yeah, so I don't know about putting Dion as high as you did or even on at all. So, okay. yeah, he would be the guy, you know, okay, Mike, uh, yeah, you're talking big about Rudy Hackett, Stevie Thompson, Dennis DeBall, who are you taking off the list? I think Dion would be a guy I would take off the list. Okay. Dion, Malachi, and Bayheim are getting the boot. Uh, Mike, before we go and before we wrap up this FizzCast, I have one last question for you, and it's all the way at the, well, it depends on how you look at the list, but the top rankings for the men's basketball players in the top five. I want to just see and get your opinion on if we ranked the top five correctly. So it goes Carmelo Anthony at number three, Dave Bing at number six, Pearl Washington at number 11, Derek Coleman at 13, and then Sherman Douglas at 15. Do you think those are the top five players in program history? And if so, do you think that they are ranked correctly? I, I think you got the right five. Okay. With, you know, and, and, you know, outside the top five, you're looking at Jerry, Lawrence Moulton, John Wallace, and Billy Owens. And those are the guys like right there. And, you know, would you move any of those into the top five? You could debate it for sure. Right. You know, Lawrence, obviously, had the career, you know, all-time leading scorer in school history. But the the five you have is fine. The question is with Pearl. And is it – are you saying it's the best player or in that playing career too? Are you talking about impact on the program? Because, you know, if you're including that – you got Pearl where he needs to be. Yeah, it, it kind of is up to personal opinion. And when yeah. w- the staff writers were uh, filling out their own SU Top 100, they could take whatever they thought in their head and put it to put it put pen to paper. So, um, in your because opinion, I always love playing the game of drafting your all-time SU team. Yeah, sure. and I love to sit back and watch other people take Pearl first, and and then I'll take Sherman. Okay, because. I because Sherman to me is the best point guard. Hmm. Sherman Sherman was fantastic, mm-hmm. but Pearl's impact on the program is inarguable. It's I mean, you know what he did. He you know he practically you know he filled the dome, drew attention to the program mm-hmm. uh, like never before. He was you know a huge huge recruit. So you know I'm gonna I'm gonna include that in this, and and I'm gonna say you have Pearl where he belongs, and uh, I'm I'm. I'm good with the five of Carmelo, Bing, Pearl, Derek, and Sherman. Awesome. All right, well, uh, Mike Waters of Syracuse.com giving all of his expert analysis of the men's basketball players on our SU Top 100 list. Mike, thanks so much for taking the time. Jared, this is fun. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much uh, again. So if you want to check out all of our SU Top 100 content, go out to our orangefizz.net website our twitter page at orange fizz and find all of our audio content on soundcloud at orange fizz that's going to do it for this fizz cast jaron may signing off i'll see you next time